Coming to you live from the Cross Country Mortgage Campus in Berea, Ohio, this is Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Here are your hosts, Bo Bishop and Nathan Zagura. All right, let's do it live on a Tuesday cutdown day edition of Cleveland Browns Daily. I am merely Bo. He is the great Z. Yesterday, we mapped out 53. I should say you did, and I helped administer and took copious notes. Yes. Um, so we'll, we could see by the time this show is over how close we were yeah. to that 53 that we projected yesterday. It's worth noting, too, that an initial 53 is not a final 53. In fact, you could see a lot of player movement tomorrow, today, as this goes along. There's going to be some waiver pickups that will go tomorrow. You think you make an initial 53, and then tomorrow you're out. So those type of things are going to take place as well. So whatever, whenever, if it happens during the show or whenever, whenever we get the official 53, understand that there's movement that can happen in that and likely will. Yeah, 19 teams last year made a claim, a waiver claim. So 19 teams altered their initial 53 using the waiver process. Anybody who was a veteran whose contract was terminated, they are free to sign with the team immediately. So there could be changes even today uh, in a 53 around the league, but that's, that's kind of the process. You've made the initial 53. That's something to be very proud of. But it's still kind of you're holding your breath, really, probably until you get into the week of the game and are ready to you know, start going through the practices to get ready for the game. That's where you will see you know, the final 53 kind of shake itself out. All right. In terms of what we know right now based on the reporting that is out, I'm sorry, go ahead. The Patriots have informed veteran cornerback Terrence Money Mitchell of their intention to release him by today's deadline, according to a source. Sad. Come, come home, Come Money home, Mitch. Money. Come home, come Money. Come home, Money Mitch. We got rallies for you, Money Mitch. Can you imagine him? I, it's, uh, that's not that much of a – like him with Belichick never seems like – that to me seemed like that was going to be a tough sell. Come on, Big Bill. Come on, Bill. Big Bill. <laughs> yeah, sad. Well, I just saw that. Sorry, that, that yeah. affected me emotionally. Yeah, as, as it would all of us. Um, all right, so in terms of what's being reported right now, Jake Trotter on Twitter, uh, per his sources, wide receiver Mike Harley, tight end Nakia Griffin-Stewart, offensive lineman Blake Hance. A little bit of a surprise there with Hance. I thought perhaps he would be somebody who would be in if that is reportedly the case, but he is. he's on the outside looking in. He wasn't on our, our sheet yesterday. That would be a surprise if that is the way that that goes. Yeah. Uh, Herb Miller, the corner, he was in parentheses for us uh, yesterday. Um, and so he's out. Johnny Stanton. Now we saw him thank the fans of Cleveland, and and he obviously had a special place here. Love Johnny, um, absolutely. Dakota Great, Allen, dude. the linebacker as well. Uh, Schefter with this one per sources. Brock Huffman um, from Cam Justice on Twitter. Sean Jolly. So that would lead us to believe we had both Jolly and Miller in parentheses. So it's possible. So means five, we're keeping five corners. Yep. Five corners is the way that that would be if if those reports are correct. So that means there'll be a spot from our fifty three we did yesterday. That means a spot's going to be open somewhere else correct yeah uh per justina anderson on twitter john kelly miller forestall so that's interesting because at tight end now you say to yourself that number could be two it, it is two has to be has to be yeah because we've, we've gone over stanton zaire mitchell paid into kia griffin forestall two tight ends and that's something that i introduced the idea of late last week and even on the game on saturday night that they will not keep three tight ends unless they felt there were three worthy of being captain. So they've decided to go based on these reports with two tight ends. That is a spot that you could end up with. And I talked about this. Remember I said you could have that and maybe you can bring Forrest all and Nakia Griffin Stewart or Zaire Mitchell Payton back onto the practice squad. It sounds like with Johnny Stanton, that's not the plan there. Yeah. 
I wouldn't be surprised if the Browns signed another tight end, um, somebody that's cut or a veteran that was released, like an O.J. Howard. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. So that's a spot where my guess is that the 53 is ultimately going to have one more, or we may just go into week one and just say, you know what, we're going to go with two. We've got two on the practice squad, and if we need to elevate them at some point, we'll do so. Uh, but that's – Seems Again, hard for me to believe three, that you could and only that was two. in parentheses. That was in no, no, it was I know. a parentheses in that we weren't sure about that. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if ultimately we end up with another another offensive of player in the tight end room. Yeah, I, I mean, we, and I'm not necessarily connecting all the dots on this, but um, O.J. Howard from the Bills uh, was cut previously of the Bucks. Um, Here's six, the thing: six six two fifty one. That's your five star type. Was a former first rounder, like, first round pick, all that, but. The Bucks let him go. A good mm-hmm. team with Super Bowl aspirations. The Bills, a team with Super Bowl aspirations, also let him go. So maybe there's not as much left in the tank after he's been banged up. He's gone through, I think, a lot with his lower body. Yeah. So maybe there just isn't anything left in the tank there. But that's a name that it's certainly a name that you saw. that's out there. It's certainly a name that you've seen. So right now, what we know is five. The two surprises are five corners, two tight ends which means you're probably going to get an extra one on the same sides of the ball. So you're probably getting an extra offensive player, and to me that has to come on the offensive line. And then you've got to get an extra defensive player, and the only thing I can think of is that they – remember we were saying there are three guys for two spots, Winovich, Rochelle, and Isaiah Thomas, and that they have opted yeah. to not make that decision yet. Yeah, so our initial projections had five defensive ends. Looks like it will be six. Uh, our initial projections had six corners. Looks like that'll be five. Yep. I think that's realistic to believe that. And then on the other side of the ball, if you go from three tight ends to two, then your offensive line would go from nine to ten. And that's it. And that would be the list. Those would be the two that, uh, you know, in terms of things that, that we missed, not much. Pretty good job out of you, as is typically the case when it comes to the 53 of who's going to make it and who is not. It would also lead you to believe, I think, that it's fair to assume that there would be potentially some movement here when you're talking about 10 offensive linemen it would be hard for me to believe that we would go into next week with 10 offensive linemen on the 53 yeah I would agree with that and I think if you were to look at based on the names that that we've seen it feels like we will be overloaded with interior offensive linemen in the 10 because you know Michael Dunn who's your backup center also can play guard you know Hubbard can play guard Yelda Froholt can play guard and center and then Drew Forbes can play guard if Drew Forbes indeed makes this 53 as that 10th lineman. The only other person, because I haven't seen the name Alex Taylor yet in terms of being a reported cut, would be he'd be another tackle. So my guess, though, is it's a glut on the interior, and that's a place that's appealing to other teams around the league. And so that would be a position of strength from which the Browns would be able to make some type of a maneuver, I would guess. So that just to get, that's just kind of where you are right now. Did you see anything else surprising around the league? Well, I know we'll get to Garoppolo and all of those things that happened sure. last night. Get to those momentarily. But was there anything else from a cut-down standpoint that, that caused some attention for you today, um, this morning? No, I thought that the trade, uh, Saints trading Chauncey Gardner-Johnson to the Eagles was big, and the Eagles cut Anthony Harris, who was in Minnesota, led the league in interceptions. Oh, that's with, right. Yeah. With our staff there. Um, he was cut, as was Jaquiski Tart. Uh, who they brought in, who's been a starting second safety for the Niners forever. So those are two guys that would know, you know, Joe Woods. Certainly Tart was with him in San Francisco, mm-hmm. and then Jeff Howard would be very familiar with Anthony Harris. You know, they decided to cut them. They bring in Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. The Saints are loaded in the DB room, and now they get a start. They're going to start him at safety. Will the Eagles, 
And so he was a free agent at the end of the year. So I think the Saints figured, hey, let's get something for him now. And, and so they did. That, that to me, was an interesting one. LaVisca Chenault, and I know a lot of Browns fans are looking at him as a slot guy, goes to the Panthers uh, for kind of just a minor trade. When you see seventh and sixth round picks, that's kind of a minor thing. And then staying in our division, um, Kenny and Drake getting signed, who's still got some juice and mm -hmm. can catch ball in the backfield. That just tells me, I think, more about JK and, and Gus, and Gus not that, being totally yeah. ready to go. Yeah, that's the way I read that as well. Speaking of, did you read, did you see all of Lamar's activity yesterday on social? Oh, boy. I did. With the with the Dolphins? Do you think that's just a, a matter of, you know, when you don't have an agent, you have to do the truth-telling to the player versus through the agent? The agent can sugarcoat. Sure. And I, because it just feels like that's been off since February. Oh, my God. It remains off. Yeah. Now, you know, a couple of weeks before the season. So it's... It feels like, look, everything could work out. You yeah. know what I mean? Everything could work out. But it feels like that is headed for a breakup. And we said the team that if, let's say, Tua struggles a little bit, that's a pretty that's a pretty ready-made roster. That's one of yeah. the ready-made teams to plop a quarterback into. So, And he's probably, that's the way he can exercise leverage. And he, was, you know, he also went on and said, no, they did not offer me 250 yeah. million no not true not true that's one of the it's that's one of the interesting things about this time and he would know right you're exactly right so it's, it's uh very interesting speaking of the uh dolphins i saw a tweet from somebody it might have been warren sharp over the weekend um boy i i'm so excited i was so excited to see what mike mcdaniel can do uh with Tua and tyree kill and he said you know it's just amazing to see he actually incorporated a 40-yard curl and what it was was you know, Tyreek gets deep, Tua underthrows it, and he has to come back to the I ball. That I, thought that was, yeah. I thought that was quite funny out of him. Yeah. Um, speaking of Carolina, you meet, you mentioned the move for LaVisca Chenault. Cynthia Freeland in a, on a oh, podcast. Oh, baby. Uh, Cynthia Freeland on a podcast. And she's a friend of the program. We've had Cynthia she's on like, a lot. Yeah, great friend um, of the program. And I would, I'm guessing that she's probably in quite a bit of hot water for this because this is an offhanded comment made on the field not meant for public consumption very clearly and then to go with it is a tough spot really really tough did spot. did you listen to it they now she could have said the way the question was asked hey because i'm sure she had said hey yeah some people and they're like hey well why don't you tell that story right now yeah and she did it's a podcast so she could have said actually no i'm not going to tell that story right now in this forum but yeah she decided to and i think sometimes you you get that stuff and you listen Either I mean it's this game had all the theater you and wanted. He was and gonna now, do all of, of this course. anyway. Like this is who he is. It's why you loved him when he was here and it was going good. This is it's this who he is. Chesty Baker is who he is. I'll tell you. Our defense did not need any extra motivation, but if if it's possible to be like motivated plus five, they're now motivated plus five. Yeah, I, I yeah, they didn't need it. They're, they didn't they're need good. It. They're good to go. Um, and it's also they're going to use it. I think it's also maybe speaks to why the why there was why everything that happened here, even before the Deshaun Watson acquisition, like we were heading in a different direction anyway. Just from a personality standpoint, this doesn't mesh with who we are. No, you know it doesn't. No. So culture of calm. it doesn't. No, but I also think to 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 be fair to Baker, I'm sure he did not anticipate that to be something that was going to be made public. Clearly. Fair. I also think he has no problem. Both can be true with it being made public. I'm sure both that's can a, be true. Now, his, his new employer might have a problem. Yeah, with it, but he's not going to have any. Of course, this is exactly what he would say. This yeah. is either going to be 
from if, looking at it from the Browns' perspective, take care of business, get the monkey off our back about week one, get a win, start the season the right way, get handle whatever. If there are personal, if there is any personal animus, take that, get that taken out on the field. And then on his side, it's like the biggest flag, flag, flag plant, plant flag, flag plant opportunity of his like life, right? I mean, he's he, done this. He did this at Oklahoma when they played Texas Tech. He took it personal every time they played Texas. He tried to plant a flag in the Ohio Stadium center field after in the center of the field it's after turf. Ohio State won the week before. Yeah. Correct? Turf. Didn't Hard. go well. Yeah. Um, but the year before, Ohio State put it on Oklahoma in Norman. So this is how he operates. He operates very well in these in these circumstances historically. This is a little different circumstance, obviously. Um, I think it's right. I think it's both true that that, that was something that was said off the record in passing that probably didn't anticipate being shared, but also that he's fine that it was now his coach is going to have to answer for it. His teammates are going to have to answer for it. Kevin's fancy is going to be available. He'll be asked about it. Of course, he's going to say, I'm not paying attention to any of it. I never saw it, which I don't believe, yes. uh, but, but nevertheless, that's the way that he's going to play it. So that's the way that that is. I, I said this last week. I can't remember if I said it with you or on another venue, the, that game, in these in the in this market the share of television eyeballs that are on because of all that's involved in that i can't even imagine what it does here from a rating standpoint television wise i just can't even imagine it can i ask you just a quick this is a total quick aside please this is a world like that my it. my wife you know has to live in and navigate like why is nielsen still a thing we all have our yeah, own crazy. services they should know exactly what's on every tv not extrapolating they do they they do know what's on every tv in this country at any second i think it's um, it's absurd that it's still that way the radio stuff's even more crazy the radio rating stuff is even more crazy that's Everybody, arbitron isn't it Gibby? yeah i mean that's even but we know like youtube tv for example right knows everybody who's watching the game DirecTV knows everybody's watching the game. For Your sure. Your cable company knows everybody who's they watching. Know exactly like, they know who's watching. 100%. Who's watching what when they're watching it. The 100%. idea that there's still however many boxes on televisions and or whatever. And those are the ones, those that are the are ones who are dictating who's watching. It's crazy. Is this the best we can do? Like, or do you think it's when, just we're so lazy we don't matter anymore? HBO tells you how many streams. That's real. For HBO sure. saying this is how many people did this. Yeah. And we know this. 10.2 million, by the way. It's a fact. Yeah, which is a big number for a, st a streaming show. Yeah, the big one for them will be the third one because the second, the first one sets the tone. Okay, yeah, we're in. Let's go back. Let's see. The big number for them will be the third number because that'll be the one. Okay, this is what the story is going to be. So if they get a big number in the, th it's already been renewed. How could it not be? Because the second one was electric. What well, was the last thirty minutes? Twenty five minutes were unbelievable. So I think you're going to see oh, that number God. high I, I, again. Yeah, I think you might. but it's the second one that's the key. I think you might go like this. Give it. Yeah, I, I mean, the whole Arbitron thing is a farce. It always has. I mean, I've been in this business yeah, a while. You, it's crazy. You know, I'm you, you get, all you need is one person that's like a diehard fan of a certain station or a certain genre. Because what is it, 500 boxes or something like that? Yeah, I mean, it. it I don't – I think the number is a little more than that now, but it still doesn't match <laughs> the listening audience. But one person can represent thousands of people. Right, right. Which is just stupid. It is, yeah. Why are you mad at Gibbe? I'm mad at Gibbe. He knows. Why? What happened? I like to live in a world that is optimistic, yeah, enthusiastic, sure. full of life and vitality and joy. Yeah. and You thrive you know, on excitement enthusiasm. Excitement about the future. And You're an belief. idea man. Negative Nancy over there was just trying to bring me down all morning, and I'm not having it. I'm not having it. Why are you, why are you trying to seep his joy? I wasn't. I came out. 
we had some discussions about some things about forecasting the future, and uh, I was like, eh. he was like the conductor of the negative town train, full speed ahead like a bullet train, and well, I'm I, over here trying to fly to rem- around in positive. Bishop, you do have to remember the slightest little thing sets our boy off for the rest <laughs> of the day, so. It's like, it's like the most outrageous accusation ever anybody's ever levied against me in no. the history of my <laughs> life. I, that's not true. That is not. See, no. Any, just like yesterday, I, a like different allegation was levied against you by a that credible, was more outrageous. by a credible okay, person. By credible, fine. But you have to have. That are you sure? Not calling sure. me credible? No, no, I, you are. I just said you were credible. Accusations <laughs> yeah. leveled yesterday, not, not, not credible. No. Um, I think this is why you. Get, this, it's the yin and the yang of the it two is, of you. It, it all works out. By the way, we're very positive. We had a great work, moment. Work, I tried right. to be even, Steven. We also had a great. <laughs> no, you don't. You're very positive. We had a great moment pre-show as well, where we went through one of those things where, like, Gibbe made a declaration, like he did about Matt Stafford, how he's been injury riddled yeah. his entire career. Yep. And so then we went to the. Evidence. I gave him carte yeah. blanche to just run me over here with the bus. <laughs> I'm not. No, because I don't want to even bring up. But nonetheless, not these. Quite, no, quite healthy humans. No, played a lot. Yeah. Not only did I go 0 for 1, but <laughs> over I went 2. 0 for 2. Your second presumption was wrong, too. biggest going down. Well, tell the people. I mean, you've already done Wednesday night taped and Matt Stafford's injury prone. What else could there be? <laughs> I, I, I thought there were a couple people on our team that might be injury prone. Not. Not <laughs> as it not, turns out. Not at all. <laughs> not at all, as it turns out. One of them's never even missed a game. <laughs> no, he's missed one. Other than COVID. <laughs> That's not an injury. No, that's amazing. That, not, that means he's missed one. That's it. <laughs> right. That's the list. That's the best I got. Oh my goodness gracious, oh, man! Um, what did you make? Well, let's we we, we 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 let's save this. We'll we'll get into the Garoppolo stuff in a second here. And the play that was made there. Um, but I I do stand go boots ahead. on the ground's got a big take on that. On which one? On dirt. Oh <laughs> yeah. Oh, I bet he does. Big big take. Well, I bet he does. Yeah, I think he's fair to have his take yeah. on all of that. Um, but yeah, th- so anyway, this will be a, it's, it was going to be a fun opener anyway. It is a bit of a referendum for both. It fits into everything that Baker loves more than anything else, which is to find, I remember even when he was here and, and it would, he would, you know, everyone's doubting him. I'm like, well, dude, look, you won the Heisman. You're the number one pick in the draft. Like there actually aren't that many people doubting you. Like it's a lot of people think you're really good. You know what I mean? Hug but he would find it. Yeah, you wanted to hug him all the Stop. time. You're always doing that. I know. It's unbelievable. Um, and so now, you know, the comments are what the comments are. It's going to be a fun opener next week. I mean, down in Carolina. Like this. What is, would you want him to say? Of course, he's going to say that. So he is. Of course. Yeah. And this is fine. You know what? It's fine. This is the thing. This is just a quick aside. You should be able to taunt these guys. Yeah, these guys put their lives on the line. Literally, their physical well-being. They they dedicate themselves so fully, as do all the coaches, to have success. When you go out there and get to play the game, there's there's a reason that certain wrestling matches or boxing matches or MMA fights yeah. have more interest. And that is because people take a microphone mm-hmm. and they talk your butts right into the seats or your eyeballs right into pay-per-view. Yeah. Because there is something about the hype and the talk, the build-up, yes. to make a main event feel even more special. And we live in our sports world for some reason. We're like, you're not supposed to do that. There's not supposed to be any. We used to do it. And it used to be great. It used to be quite common to be able to run your mouth back and forth. Of course. The teams. And that will settle it on the field. And we'll settle it on the field. Like. Florida State and Florida used to do that. Spurrier was always poking Bowden, always, and Bowden would poke him back. And 
all of that stuff like that it sold it man like everybody won and now we have these so many of these coaches that are just robots and i don't know if it's from the belichick if it's from but that players arena do. but like, players, players do it can't too. say anything in no they're yeah, yeah they're coached to say it I, i'll say this about baker it wasn't always fun, fun like we would run his his pressers and then it would come back to you and i and we'd go well i i don't know what we can add to that um because he would do something positively or negatively um but it was always interesting it was yes. always interesting so i'm i'm a fan of interesting give me give me more of it i, I wish there were more people who would it's would poke fun bears that's a why bit. you have yeah. rivalries and by the way the notion that you need bulletin board of material i mean i heard marcus freeman who's a good friend and employs one of my very good friends now at notre dame yesterday saying how Ohio State's a, a 17 and a half point favorite. And he goes, 17 seven, he goes 17 and a, and a half. By the way, that's number two against number five. And they're a 17 yeah. and a half point favorite. And he goes, I'm going to have to, you know, that'll, that'll have definitely get brought up in our meetings. I'm like, really does Notre Dame, I understand what he's doing, but does, does Notre Dame, do their players need to be extra motivated? They're playing at Ohio state on Saturday night. night, week one. Come on. They're going to be the properly game. motivated. Like they, they don't need, they're not going to need any help. If you're not, then you will get beat by 17. Who's not going to be, you though? Get, you will get beat by way you more. Play, I mean, my God, my my little dudes, like 6, 8, and 10 are motivated. to. We're jacked up to play Medina on Saturday afternoon. Let's go. You know what I mean? Like, it's the Super Bowl to them. So that if you play the sport and you're a man in the arena, why do you – bulletin board material just seems nonsensical to me that you would need it. You don't need it. It can definitely be like a little, you know, fan that, the flames. It a goes. Little. It proves. I think it, what it does is it proves your point that don't worry so much no. about about it. Like it's not going to make that big of a difference. Like I go back to, and this drove my dad crazy, but you know, To going and on the star. Yeah, yeah. And then he gets hit by Roy Williams. Like that's great. It was awesome. All of it was great. His what he did, great. If you don't like it, stop me from scoring. And what Roy Williams did, also great. And then in wrestling, you'd have a pull-apart brawl security be out yeah. there. Ah, I'm still going to get you. And then somebody would break free to brawl a little more. Ah. Yeah. Like, that's great. to win. There's no problem. Here's the thing that's hard. And the, the sport is such a – and I wish actually now that we're on this – down this random tangent that we had to hop on today because I've been so privileged to be on the sidelines for eight years. And one mm -hmm. of the things that I enjoy the most after a game is walking onto the field – and you get to see the guys who have been with the Browns, and there's typically been a lot of Browns players and coaches that I've seen who are still in the league in other places. But it really is a brotherhood, and they all know that. Mm -hmm. So, like, to play a little bit into the game or the showmanship or the trash talk, and there are, will be times where people genuinely don't like one another. You see that in the NBA. Mm -hmm. You know, Pat Beverly will get under somebody's skin and or Marcus Smart, and yep. there'll be some real, you know, we don't like each other trash talk. But that's okay, too. It's all right. Like, we grew up in an era – with the Celtics and the Lakers, they hated each other. They detested punch, each other. Punching, fighting, the Pistons. Rambus being clotheslined and then fighting Burt. I mean, like the But it was thing. elite players that had that Ram extra. It was, it was unbelievable. Yeah. And Larry we, Bird and Dr. J fought on the court. Fist fight. Fist fight. It's all right. It's all Have right. a little emotion from time to time. By the way, speaking of the wrestling, I don't, I'm not sure that we can – that, that it's getting a little racy on the raw for the kids. Well, yeah, triple. They're, they're it's been amped up, up a little bit. Amped up a little bit. I was watching a little last night. And I said, you know what, bud? I think maybe we'll skip. Or is this, this for one. NBC? Uh, yeah, for NBC. He's ready. Yeah, he's ready. Yeah. 
fun. That's a great. Last night they featured the women's tag team tournament in the main event of Raw. That's a nice. Like that's a, it was a nice empowering. Was, was that up in the Pukerville? A couple of the things happened, and I was like, yeah, I, don't, I think we're let's let's go back to watching thirty for thirty. Let's find something there that we can circle. Um, all right, we'll go around the NFL, and, and hopefully we'll have our official fifty-three by the time we're done with the show here. That would be nice to be able to have that. But I think the big the big differences here from yesterday's projections from Z and the realities are instead of three tight ends feels like two, instead of nine offensive linemen feels like ten. Uh, defensive end instead of five, it probably will be six, and corner instead of six, it'll be five. Yeah. So other than that, it, it feels like it was it feels like a fifty-one, fifty-one out of fifty-three, which is a very good. Now would Pedro be happy with you on a fifty-one out of fifty-three? Yeah, that's an okay. A. It's a solid A. That's a solid A. He'd take that. Yeah. What do you want to know? The ones you got wrong. Yeah, but and, I think I have good. Like the, this would be one where is like that a D A. If it's no, because I think what I would have here is you know like sometimes in a math problem, for example, if you ended up with the wrong answer, but the work was right. Like yeah, my I've conceptually I was correct. Correct. It just was again it's a puzzle piece, and the puzzles they just were here instead of here. You know. Yeah. I like That's it. That's all. All right, we'll go around the league, including this deal. Oh, we can't wait to hear the boots in the ground report on uh, on the Garoppolo deal uh, from from not Pedro. That's going to be classic. We'll go around the league as well. We're off and running. Cleveland Browns Daily 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. The Bath Authority gave you the bathroom of your dreams. Why not transform your current bathroom into a custom bath that'll feel like a spa? Let the Bath Authority make it a reality you for the fraction of the cost of the competitors. The Bath Authority is our area's premier bath and shower remodeler. They are experts and factory trained installers. Give them a call now. You get 500 bucks off your next custom bath or shower remodel. The number is 216-220-8399 or go to thebathauthority.com. It's where affordability meets quality with the largest selection of bath projects all made right here in America. Change your bathroom from outdated to outstanding. Superior products and expert installers at 216-220-8399. Go to thebathauthority.com. 500 bucks off right now for more. So I didn't see this. Jimmy G sticking around on a contract renegotiation. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. Happened last night. Yeah. I don't think they wanted to, number one, multiple things here. I don't think they wanted to send him to Seattle which really was the only place that kind of made sense at this point. No, it doesn't. No, Seattle didn't want him. And he didn't. They didn't Seattle's want him. tanking. They don't want. I feel like you're right. And they didn't want to send if him. If you there. have Geno Smith and Drew Locke and you're starting Geno Smith at 31, you're not trying. And that's okay because yes. I think they're going to get a good quarterback in the draft. Yes. I get it. The plan makes sense. They've won a lot there. There isn't a dance partner for him out there. Yep. That's the real thing unless he wants to go somewhere and back up an established guy, which he probably doesn't. Yes. I think that what they decided was to, number one, keep Jimmy here because Trey Lance has been up and down. Number two, it is important to have a good backup quarterback in the NFL, and, and especially with Trey Lance, who's going to win with his legs as well as his arm. And so that's what they're going to do. And my dad immediately – Nerd, they must be panicking about Lance. That's what Pedro said. I said, you may, you know, maybe, but I also think that they probably, as opposed to just cutting him, 
he's still a guy that you know you can go to the Super Bowl with. So in the event that you need him to play quarterback, your season is far from lost. That's what I thought. I mean, that's kind of just the way that I see it. He took a big pay cut. He has a chance if he has to play and play well, he can earn, I think, up to 16 and a half. And I think it's just that simple. Two things jump out to me. Um, one, I mean, they have a very strong culture and leadership there. So yep. you, that helps you pull this off. It will all be tested by this. Because if Lance struggles and you're Nick Bosa or Debo Samuel and you go, wait a second, that guy helped us go to Green Bay and win. That guy quarterbacked in a Super Bowl. Yeah. Meantime, yep. I'm dealing with this rookie who can't read a defense properly. So Kyle's going to have to manage that. Now, That's he's right. not somebody who's shy of managing things. No, he's not shy of managing. But that could be a real hurdle that they could have to get over with there. The other part of it is everything that I've read, whether it's Peter King or anybody else who did a camp tour, has been that they've basically totally been divorced. He's been off on his own. Off field. on his own. Have we talked about this yesterday? Yesterday, yeah. on his own. Like, he doesn't commingle. So now all of a sudden he's going to commingle. That's right. That's going to be a very, very strange thing as well. The third thing about this is the bonus three, if you will, is if there's an injury, now they're in the catbird seat on a trade. Number one, yes, catbird seat. Number two, they're basically paying a guy who is very, very good $6.5 million. I mean, it's, not a, it's a great deal for them. Yeah, and there's also the other part of it is, like, you, like people say, well, you know, why even like, with Baker here it had with Watson, like you, you have to know humans' personalities. Yep. Jimmy Garoppolo has done this before with Brady. He probably don't like it, but he'll be a pro and he'll handle his business and be the backup until opportunity presents or until there's an opportunity around the league where he can go be a starter again. Yep. So that's part of it too. If Kyle can manage the first thing I talked about, then you're safe, pal. And I think he can. I think he can. And now they have the it best amps backup. the pressure on Lance though. For sure. For sure. Like, it will be. You've got to deliver. You'll feel it. He'll feel it. You're going to see him. Yeah, he's going to be there. The guy that the last two full seasons he's played, Super Bowl appearance, NFC Championship appearance. Yeah. The end. Game-winning drive against the Rams to get into the playoffs. Game-winning drive to beat the Bengals, who were, those are the two Super Bowl teams. He beat both of them with game-winning drives in the last quarter of the season when it mattered. Yeah, it definitely amps it up on him. There's no doubt. But it's a, I mean, if you're the. If you're a 49ers fan, this is a great thing for you. It's an incredible insurance policy. Yes. He knows it. It's the best. It puts him in a great spot. It's the best. So with that, with the quarterback situations kind of being handled around the league, Seattle, Atlanta, Houston, the race for number one. Houston's going to have the toughest road of those because of how weak that division is. The AFC South's not great. I'm telling you, they like Davis Mills. It is to not a, nonsense. To a, to a certain extent. They really right? do. I'm telling to you. To a certain extent. Like, if they were in position to you're, – so you're saying – are you suggesting they like him so much that if they went 2 and 15 – Like, I don't 15, think they're trying to tank. I understand that. But if they went 2 and 15, they wouldn't be like, nah, no C.J. Stroud. No, we're no, going to go no. Davis Mills. Then they're they not would, doing Well, then that. that would be proof that perhaps their current right. infatuation was misguided. Misguided, which – could probably be said about a lot of things that organization has done in the last five six years sure um and atlanta i mean atlanta and seattle are the two most obvious like let's handicap ourselves a little bit atlanta's set up for it perfectly they have drake london and uh kyle pitts ridley's out this year suspended you go with mariota for the year put yourself in a position to draft near the top and they're in a pretty good spot immediately 
What's crazy about it is Seattle and Atlanta, if those are the two that pick at the top, both of those are incredible landing spots for Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud. A lot of weapons. Absolutely. Yeah. Very, very different than the situation Fields was in in Chicago, certainly. Absolutely. And that he still finds himself in. Yeah. It's rough. Yeah. Yeah. It absolutely is. Uh, Other things around the league. uh, I mentioned the O.J. Howard release by the Bills from her first-round pick out of Alabama was in uh, Tampa for his entire career and then was in camp with the Bills. He is out. Uh, Our old buddy Josh Gordon cut by the Kansas City Chiefs as well. for former Browns. Josh Gordon, yeah. Duke Johnson, Money Mitch, Trevon Coley. Philip Lindsay cut by the Colts as well. Sony Michelle cut by the Dolphins. He's really had a precipitous fall. Gosh almighty, Belichick. Sony Michelle over Nick Chubb. He actually had a couple of decent seasons for them too, which is wild. And then just, that's it. See you later. Thanks for coming. What do you think his best season with the Patriots was? 900 yards. Yeah, he had nine. First two, he said last year he actually had 845 yards and four touchdowns for the Rams, which I would not have had. In 17 games. Yeah, but only seven stars. They had Cam Akers yeah. and Henderson. Well, Akers went out early, though, right. right? And then Henderson went out during the season. Yeah, his best year there was 9, 12, and 7. But his his in 2018, when they win a Super Bowl in that playoff run. Oh, he was good in the playoff run. I remember this. 71 carries, 336 yards, six touchdowns, averaged 112 yards rushing a game, five yards a carry, and they won the Super Bowl. Yeah, you you wonder what happened Where does it between go? that and two, sure. the, the 2019 season for him. Uh, Ravens playing to side running back Kenyon Drake, pending a physical after being cut by the Raiders last week. Uh, in addition to that, we mentioned LaVisca Chenault going to the Panthers. Panthers are all in now on Matt Rule and Baker and all of it, feels like. For this year at least, they're completely they're trying, all in. Yeah. They're trying to win right now um, for him. The Saints trade, you mentioned this, the Saints trading defensive back Chauncey Gardner-Johnson to the Eagles for Rappaport and Pelissaro as well. Uh, Broncos trading linebacker Malik Reed to the Steelers for late draft pick compensation for Adam Schefter. So those are just some of the things that are out there. From a uh, from a notable roster move standpoint, the notable ones are notable. No doubt. No doubt. And this is a tough day. There are a lot of people whose dreams come to an end. Now, a lot will be invited back onto practice squads around the league. Some will end up on other teams. But when you think of the chances of being picked up, I'll remind people again. So 900 guys roughly are cut today. Mm-hmm. 27 of them were claimed off of waivers last year. Yeah. So the odds are not great that that is going to be somebody's path and you know, for the guys that are guy 52, 53, it's a sleepless night. There's a, a lot of elation, but there's also some trepidation that is it still going to be that way tomorrow? How do they play it tonight on Hard Knocks? Because it's happening now. So do they get that? Because the, the last episode of Hard Knocks always used to be the cut down episode. They'll get that. They'll shoot, that be shooting be right now. They'll you be think shooting they're shooting it. right now? Oh, yeah. Yeah. This is the second year of this And the Lions, like, the the Lions probably could have helped them, you know, done a lot of this yesterday or this morning. You know what I mean? If they wanted to, Right. There's no benefit. I can't remember Hard Knocks last year with Dallas if they showed the cut down in the final episode or not. Last year in Dallas, they spent so much time with Jarrah and Dak and Zeke. Yeah. I don't remember, like, the guys on the edge. This one's great. No, this one is. Yeah. But in the old days, you'd get, like, a cut down on a Saturday. Right. So you'd have those that days Tuesday, to produce it. For sure. You'd have a little bit of time. 
All right, coming up at the top of the hour, John Hanson will join us. Sirius XM Fantasy, get you set for your drafts. This is my favorite fantasy draft weekend is this weekend. It's really the perfect weekend for it. I think I'm doing mine on Monday night, 9 o'clock, which I'm a big, big fan of that. Uh, we'll keep you updated on the roster movement that could happen. In addition to that, Jake Trotter at 2.30. You'll listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Well, there's a new way to cheer on your Cleveland Browns with the help of your favorite four-legged companion, Barking Backers, presented by Milkbone is the Browns' newest club for pet parents worldwide. Sign up today at BarkingBackers.com. Barking Backers, the fan club for dogs. And at least for now, we know the 53 guys you're going to be cheering for. Yeah, so the Browns' 53 is an initial 53 initial. now official. And so we'll go quarterbacks two, Jacoby Brissett, Josh Dobbs, running backs they say five. They have Demetric Felton listed as a running back, even though he's played wide right receiver. I'll call him a receiver. Running backs, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, Dearness Johnson, and Jerome Ford. Receivers, Amari Cooper, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Anthony Schwartz, David Bell, Demetric Felton, and Mike Woods, who I'm told will be back in action soon and could be ready for week one. Two tight ends, as we said, Harrison Bryant, David Njoku. Ten offensive linemen, uh, Joel Batonio, Jack Conklin, Michael Dunn, Drew Forbes, Yelda Froholt, Chris Hubbard, James Hudson, Ethan Posick, White Teller, Jed Wills Jr. So heavy on the backup guards. That's an area that I think a move could be made. So we had three tight ends, nine offensive linemen yesterday. Forrest All, we know Stanton, uh, Nikki Griffin-Stewart released. Drew Forbes makes it. So we go from still 24 on the offense like yesterday so you we had, said. You had that, just so people understand, Z had 24, nailed it. You had, we had in parentheses, the only thing that, I think the only thing that I can even say that you, that I know you mentioned in the broadcast, but we did think there'd be three tight ends and there were two. So that was it. Everything else nailed it. Uh, Forbes would be the other surprise. So you got, you get all, you get the 24 correct, the right amount, and you end up just with a swap of one each way, 23 of 24. And then on the defense, you get on the defensive line now six defensive ends. They felt that they had six NFL defensive ends. I knew that. I just didn't know if they would keep more than six. This is a spot to watch as one that could be trimmed in yep. the future. Uh, but you've got Miles Clowney, Alex Wright, Chase Winovich, Isaac Rochelle, and the rookie Isaiah Thomas. And I thought Winovich, Rochelle, and Thomas were three for two. Three for three. You get three them all. Three. Defensive tackles, and this would be a place I would not be surprised to see perhaps a move made. Um You've got Jordan Elliott, Taven Bryan, Tommy Togiai, Perrion Winfrey, the four we knew from the start. Six linebackers, and we had this exactly right. Nailed it. Uh, JOK, Tony Fields, Anthony Walker, um, Jacob Phillips, Sione Taikitaki, and my guy Jordan Kunashik. Love that guy. Loved him, yeah. 51. All six of those guys you had. So then here's the, where the surprise was only five corners. Denzel Ward, Greg Newsom, Greedy Williams, MJ, AJ. Uh, Herb Miller does not make the team. We thought Miller or Jolly. I think both could be back on the practice squad. Um, but neither on the initial 53. And the the issue with Miller there is pretty good special teams. Gunner, very good gunner on special teams and had been probably was slated to start in that capacity had he been on the team. So we will we'll see what what how that ends up. And again, initial 53 doesn't mean he's not on the week mm-hmm. 153 either. Um and then the five safeties which we had John Johnson, Ronnie Harrison, Grant Delpit, Rich Account and D Anthony Bell, the first undrafted free agent to make it since Kevin Stefanski and Andrew Barry had been here. So shout out to him and I feel like that's a secure one. So if you're saying okay, if we're to do something, where could it be? I think we could add a tight end. I think that we could lose an offensive lineman. I think we could lose a defensive end and add a wide receiver or a corner. 
I think everything else. And, and maybe you decide that to shake things up in the linebacker room, like with Fields and Kunashik, if there's somebody that comes available that they really love. Um, and that's probably true of most positions, except, you know, quarterback, running back, um, the two tight ends that are there and your safeties are good. I think it looks good. I wouldn't expect much change. I think that things could shift around as we go forward. And, and again, if you're looking at where could the Browns trade from to try to address a weakness, I think it's coming from either the running back position, the offensive line, or the defensive end position. I think that that could be a spot where you are overloaded. Your six defensive ends are unlikely to be on this 53 all year. So you got 51 out of 53. 51 out of 53. Good job out of you. We'll take it. Yeah, we will. Um, look, the and as the league cuts down, this this will be the – so you've got this 53 initially you'll have tomorrow where you'll have some waiver – the waiver claims are tomorrow, right, just from a chronological yep. standpoint? Yeah. So you'll have that tomorrow. Um, and veterans – Can you imagine the emotion of that? Yeah. Like to be – like you make a 53 and you're celebrating and that is something to celebrate because, I mean, my God, do you think you're, you're at 80 – what were we at 87? What were we at over the week before 80. last weekend? We were at, well, what before? Oh, 85. 85. So you go from 85 to 53 in less than we a week. You went from 90 to 85 to 80. Yeah. And then now from 80 now to, to 53. 53. So so noon Wednesday, noon tomorrow uh, for waiver, waiver cutdowns. And so waiver cutdowns are guys who are not vested veterans, people on their first four um, years in the league. So teams must have their waiver claims put in. Uh, and around noon, teams will be notified if they were awarded any players off of the waivers. Once those notices are sent out, teams can start to sign players to their 16-man practice squad. So that all happens tomorrow. Practice squad, waiver claims, that happens tomorrow. Um, by 4 p.m., teams can start to place players on their 53-man roster on IR with an eligibility to return after a minimum of four games. Any player placed on IR before 4 p.m. tomorrow will be lost for the season. I don't think we have anybody on our I'm roster say, who fits that candidate. Bill. So last year was, I want to say, Jacob Phillips. We carried on the initial 53 yep. to place on IR. Then we were able to activate Elijah Lee, who we had cut, and brought him back, and he was then active uh, for week one. So that's that's how it goes. Anybody who's cut that is a vested veteran, so that's somebody on their second contract in the NFL, that player uh, is free to sign whenever. They're just free, immediately free agents. Like Sheldon Day, for example, immediately a free agent. O.J. Howard would be immediately a free agent. You said something there as you were going through it quickly, but Michael Woods, we thought that he would. He was so good early in camp. Yeah, we had him on but, there. but you thought we did. We had him in parentheses, yep. but we did have him in the mix as, as one of the receivers. Optimism that he could be ready. Yeah, for week one, that his hammy's coming along, which is good. Yeah, and he was somebody that I think the it's hard to say that, you know, what type of – it's hard to say, well, we're, we were counting on him. But early on in camp – led you to believe that perhaps you could. I mean, this is a sixth-round pick, but he was damn good early on. Very good. And the guy that the corners thought was the toughest to go against, um, by the way, my Pedro's li not Pedro's listening. He's listening. He said, not panicked. Exact quote in the text was, guess they were worried about Lance, which is true, but I was embellishing for the fun of it. How that. does he feel about the fact that not Pedro, which, by the way, he is Pedro. He lost the trial of Pedro, so he is yes, Pedro. But he's also not but he's Pedro. But he's also not Pedro, that there's also now there's a not Black Cobra. I don't think this might be the first that he's hearing. First you've heard of it. Yeah. That there's, that so, Dad. Now if, they have something in, something in common. Dad, if you're listening, Bo's oldest had the nickname Black Cobra for basically his entire he life. He gave it to himself gave it to when himself. he was like three. Three. Two or three, and so whatever. For, and then it finally occurred to him that it was maybe absurd. So Can you he, get me another nickname? He said, sure. 
Sure. Not Black Clover. Not Black Clover. That's who you are. NBC. NBC. Yeah. So you're a trendsetter, Dad. Love that. That's it. Yeah. Um, he said, so Jimmy has a no-trade clause, 500K per game roster bonus, plus performance incentives could add up to 23. Uh, and then, yes, he asked me last year, only 27 out or claimed on cut down. That is accurate. Yes, indeed it is. That's... He's fact-checking that? Yeah, apparently he's fact-checking me, which is ironic. <laughs> this is like have, This is unbelievable that All he's fact-checking me. All the while, when you, got, you went 51 and 53, and he still he he's, wants to double-check. He's focused check. on that. That's what he's focused on. So I liked the tweet yesterday. It was from Aaron Wilson, who's covered the, yeah. the NFL for a long, long time. And he said... And I quote, let's pull this right up here because it's right at the top of my legs. A year ago, there were 27 total waiver claims awarded to 19 NFL teams after the initial cut down to 53 players across the league. I read this on the air yesterday. Yeah. The New York Giants had the most claims with three, Justin Hilliard, Colin Johnson, and Quincy Roche. Fact check me all you want, baby. I'm not Cliff Clavin. <laughs> it's not a little known fact. It just is a straight up fact. Do you, uh, two other things on this initial 53 that we're looking at. Um, so, Posick at center. We mentioned this with Hans, not in the fifty-three. Who else is is center material if something were to happen to Posick? Michael Dunn would be your next center, okay, and then Yelda the Froholt would be your next center after All that. Right, so that's where you are on that front. And on the on the three on the two tight ends, is that can you do that heading into week one to just have two up? Uh feels like we'd have to have three. You could have two up. You could. Uh, my guess is that you could have a third. You probably would have three up. And I have to go back and look at like the roster, the weekly roster elevations. Because if if you're able to, um, can't you expand your game day roster? Here we go. Two players can be elevated from the practice squad each week to be eligible to play, as was the case the last two seasons. A player can be elevated to the active roster twice under a standard elevation and revert immediately back to the practice squad without having the quick clear waiver. So what we would do is my guess is we'll have Forrest all, you know, Nakia Griffin, Stewart, Zaire Mitchell paid two of those guys probably on our practice squad. And so we would be able to elevate them a few times before them having to clear waivers. If that was indeed what we wanted to do. All right. Very good. Good job out of you. 51 out of 53 coming up next, John Hanson, get your fantasy notebooks out. He's got some uh, some some fantasy sleepers, some some of the guys he really oh, believes. He's the guru. This is going to be fun. He is the fantasy guru. He joins us coming up next. You'll see Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Rumpke Waste Recycling, family owned and operated. Whether you join them as a customer or as an employee, you'll become part of the family. Visit Rumpke.com to learn more. Well, we warned you, get your uh, your pens and papers, your notes apps opened. Time to get smarter. My guess is the vast majority of you are going to be drafting your fantasy teams over the course of this weekend. For some perspective on that, we go to a man simply known as the guru, John Hanson, morning host, Sirius XM fantasy analyst on DirecTV's Fantasy Zone channel. John, thank you so much for taking the time on this. Go ahead, Z. You have a and, really quick and, yep. and, and star of Curb Your Enthusiasm. He well, has a bucket list most... item that we can only hope to aspire to. He was it's... in an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Let's start. Let's start there. Yes. How does that happen? How does that come? Tell about, him, Guru. Tell Lay us, it on him. Tell us. What's going on, guys? Great to talk with you guys uh, here. Uh, draft season, yeah. So, uh, long story short, Jeff Schaefer 
um, who is Larry David's right-hand man, who writes and directs all the episodes, writes with Larry, is the guy who did that show, The League, based mm-hmm. on fantasy football dudes. Uh, big popular show was on, believe, for yes. seven years. So, like, uh, I think it was 13, 14 years ago, he just reached out. He was a fan, and he wanted to use my magazine uh, for basically the first scene ever, the guy on the, you know, on the toilet there with the magazine, which I thought was an honor, personally. <laughs> Very prestigious. Yes, yeah. that is. And, uh, yeah, so, so we just, uh, you know, started this big relationship, and we've been hanging out, and, you know, and uh, long story short, he said, you know, I've done this before, a little bit of acting, and he's like, well, did you have any interest in, in uh, you know, being an extra on Curb? I'm like, would I? Of course. <laughs> and then and then it worked out to where I actually got a line in the scene. Huge. So yeah. uh, it was great. Um, I did. I will say, though, uh, the first take, I I froze like a deer in the headlights. Um, literally going through my brain, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm literally doing a scene right now with Larry David. So we had to, you know, pause and gather ourselves. And, of course, Jeff Garland yelled, don't screw it up, guru, which was no pressure. No pressure whatsoever. <laughs> What is the episode for people who want to who want to see it? What's the, what is the episode that you're in? Yeah, that oh boy, it aired on December, early December. He's at the uh, club it was like and he's th- talking about the girl's soup. Were you talking about? No, but what's the big theme of the oh, show? Do you remember Z? Well, well, the the scene was was in the country club where Larry yeah. hangs out, and he's upset with the woman who is a widow. Uh, and she's yes. getting privileges like, you know, golf lessons. Oh, the lobster. And she got Larry's last lobster. Yes, and that's it, his, the lobster. Yeah. His argument was it, it was her ex-husband, so she really wasn't a widow. And then that's I had to point. you know chime in there and yell at Larry a little bit. That's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Um, so, uh, so cool. It's very, season very 11, envious. episode 7. Well, as soon, that, as, soon as I said I, the I lobster that. order. My bad. Yeah. As soon as I said the lobster order in the country club, then Irma I knew exactly what it Irma Irma. Irma. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the guy who goes, she just lost her husband. That, that would have been <laughs> that it. Was, that's yeah. you? She just lost her husband. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, all right. What is, just from a strategy standpoint, everybody plays fantasy. Go ahead. You, you I was just saying real hand. quick. Go ahead. Go ahead. Guru is going to break everything down for us right now, but the best thing you could do and the thing you should write down is fantasypoints.com. That is his website where you can go, go there. and you can get – Everything you need. You're going to get a taste right here. You're going to get a little appetizer. Operative. But you want to go subscribe to fantasypoints.com. All right, proceed, Guru. Give, the question Back I was going to ask is, give us the b- best fantasy strategy that isn't done enough. Is there something that is, look, this is the game plan. Follow this that most people should follow that maybe they don't. Well, I'll go a little, a little macro and a little micro with it. Uh, number one, I'm a big-time ageist. So if you want to have maybe a little bit of a different take on it, I only target ascending players. If you've shown us your best football already, and it's probably in the rear view, I'm, I probably won't take you. So that's number one. Uh, just target guys whose best football is in front of them. It does make for some volatility, but it also makes for some unbelievable seasons and calls and things like that. And now when we look at it, you know, quarterback this year, really, really deep, not that into the top guys. Running back – is pretty deep, but there is a weird kind of range there, like rounds three, four, five, where there's literally no one I'm interested in. Maybe yeah. Brees Hall if he goes to round number four. Um, so, yeah, I think you need to get into the running back business per usual. I think wide receiver this year is really top-heavy. You have like seven elite guys. I call them the magnificent seven. It would be ideal to get one of those guys. It's not a deal-breaker, 
But after that, the position is really, really deep. So I'm, I'm not in that much of a hurry to get wide receivers because you can really – there's buying opportunities left and right out there. Look at Romeo Dobbs in Green Bay ascending like sure. uh, big time here. And then at tight end, I'm personally not usually someone who, who pays that premium. I'm a little worried about Kelsey at 33. So it typically, and it definitely applies this year, I want the best of both worlds. I want like a second-tier guy who, who is a stud-like talent who could blow up, like a TJ Hawkinson, and believe it or not – my uh, big sleeper at tight end this year is Cole Komet for the Chicago oh, yeah. Bears. But there's a quick little snapshot. I like that. And by the way, at FantasyPoints.com, you write the draft strategy article every year, right? Where you give them the comprehensive way to navigate their drafts in addition to a bunch of different tools and cheat sheets and stuff that I used in, in my draft, which I think, by the way, went very well. But just tell people real quickly, pump them to the site of what they get in terms of their offerings to prepare themselves for the draft. Well, we have a really talented staff of really creative and and excellent writers, but we also kind of cover it from all kinds of angles. I know you guys are very very friendly with Greg Cosell. Well, I've worked with Greg for over 15 years uh, as a, you know, type of situation there. You know, we run it up the flagpole. So we have the film room locked down. All the stat guys, we have myriad stat guys who are like, you know, major stat nerds. I myself was a C-minus math student, uh, so I, I hire smart math people. But I think the other thing, Nathan, you may not even be aware of this, but we have launched our own this year. So we're actually going to chart all plays and have our own proprietary actionable stats that are not wow. widely available. So we got it all going on here. I love the sound of that talking with John Hansen, the guru, the fantasy guru, fantasypoints.com. All right, when you look and then you mentioned kind of, you know, the overall strategy, who are the guys, and there can be one, two, three, that are on all of your teams? Oh, Gabe Davis is number one probably on every team. I I called him kind of my breakout receiver. Every year I like to name like one wide receiver who is going to bust out. Last year it was Darnell Mooney. And I would call that a win uh, because yeah. he finished at, like, wide receiver 21, I think, or 29. Yeah, absolutely. And ADP was 40. I, I love Mooney uh, big time here. But, you know, Gabe Davis is someone I've always really loved. You know, Nathan, you're a big number guy. The dude has scored a touchdown on 12% of his targets in his yep. career, including the playoffs. Eight. That's right. Yeah. That's so, right. And his targets are only going up this year. Absolutely. Is now the clear He's, number two in Buffalo. Yeah. Yeah, he's going to get that uh, for sure. Uh, I am a, a Javante Williams person, of course. You know, last year his ADP was 55, and in my number one league, uh, league we do on the radio show, I took him at 23. Okay, that's how much uh-huh. I loved him. Uh, was it a great pick? Probably not yes. great because I don't think anyone expected Melvin to be, you know, that good. But it was a damn good pick. And it's to my to my point. The year before, I said the same thing about Jonathan Taylor. Just take Jonathan Taylor because in five years, when he's made four to five Pro Bowls, you're going to look back and say, "Yeah, that was a pretty good pick." <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and by the way, I think Javante next year is going to be like a top five pick. That's just. I mean, I would argue he should season. be a top twelve pick this year, but we'll see about yes. Melvin. As we know, these running backs. They get older, they tend to not get better, they get worse. What do you make of, let's just take an offense that has carried fantasy teams for so, so long, and that is the Kansas City Chiefs. Now it's a different-looking Kansas City Chiefs team. Who are you in on with the Chiefs? Who are you out on? 
Oh, I have a very, very hot take on, on these Chiefs. And probably, and I've interviewed, I've been fortunate enough to interview hundreds of players. I would say in my top five in terms of just like what an amazing guy. And by the way, David Bell of your Cleveland Browns yeah. is an amazing guy. I, I sat yeah, down with him. Kid. Awesome kid. But Sky Moore is my guy. I, I okay. absolutely love him. I am all in. I am calling him a candidate to be the sleeper pick of the year. And again, that's a pretty contrarian take here because a lot of people are in on Juju and they're, they're you know, respecting me, Cole Hardman and, and MVS, but MVS is Marquez Valdez, the Antling. He does have some drop issues. He's never been a high-volume guy. Michael Hardman at this point is like Charlie Brown and Lucy with the football. And Juju <laughs> Smith-Schuster missed two weeks of practice with a knee, which is notable because it's a chronic knee. And he's had only one-year contract offers at 24-25 the last couple of years. So I think it all lines up for Sky Moore. He's got, like, running back legs, basically. He looks like a running back below the waist. He played a little bit of running back. He can also line up outside. He does run a, a solid 4-440, and he's got massive hands. If you've seen any clips of him really making some great catches, I think they're hiding him, by the way, in the preseason, but there have been a couple of clips of him really hauling in some, some great balls there and, you know, the massive hands. He's got a, and also he's got a great short area quickness. So do you think a guy with great short area quickness, running back legs, and massive hands, you think Andy Reid is going to use that guy well? I think so. I would say so. I think you'd be exactly right about that. Um, by the way, you'll be very pleased. So my wife drafted last night, Guru, and she was in the seventh spot in the 10-team league. She has on her roster, and this is just off the top of my head, she went Jefferson, Najee, first two, Javante in the third. She's got Gabe Davis as her third receiver, uh, and she's got Sky Morris deep on the roster because obviously when you go to – She was that's doing a, this all independently. You had nothing to do with it. She you know, did do it independently, but with the help of fantasypoints.com, which yeah, is basically right. like having the guru right there. She's gurific is what it She's is. She's gurific. Exactly. <laughs> He's got his own words. I love it. All right, let's talk about the Browns real quickly. From a fantasy standpoint, I think the name that everybody would know, Nick Chubb, and he is a stud, but there is Kareem Hunt here. You know, you've got Jerome Ford who showed a lot maybe for dynasty leagues, but uh, is there anybody from the Browns that maybe ends up on your roster this year? Well, look, I'm, I'm not going to rule anyone out. I mean, I said before he took a snap of the NFL, Nick Chubb's a stud. I mean, the guy's been great. Kareem Hunt, I absolutely loved him his rookie year. And by the way, that's a great tip, too. Like, that's where you get the buying opportunities, the rookies. you got to take a leap of faith. Kareem sure. Hunt's rookie year in 2017, I ranked him at 20 overall. And he was like a wow. third-round pick, but I'm like, he's in the second. He fumbled on his first carry, uh, yeah. and I almost passed out, but it worked out well. <laughs> I, I do love David Bell as a, as a dude, and he's going to be like gluey, kind of holding together. Uh, yep. I do like Donovan Peoples-Jones uh, as well. I, though, you know, for the Browns, and I know you love David Njoku, I, I certainly like David Njoku. I'm a Harrison Bryant guy. I guess it's not going to happen this year. But, sure. you know, certainly the Browns have plenty of really good players, a very good roster. They do, and the one guy I would say I think is going to maybe surprise people just from the chemistry that I've seen with Jacoby Brissett and just how good he has been here is Amari. I, I mean, I yeah. think he's clearly the number one target. It's just going to depend how much we throw the football in terms of his fantasy ceiling, but he's probably, you know, if you get him as a third or you can get him as a fourth sure. receiver in a lot of cases, he's not going to hurt you at that standpoint. You only probably have upside. Yeah, there's something to be said for, like, the guy, you know, the sure. alpha dog, you know, like – he commands the ball when they throw it. So, absolutely. And, you know, a little bit of a dip here, obviously. So, take advantage. And 
that is a rock solid wide receiver three. I certainly would agree with that. Is there an ascending quarterback that's being drafted too low consistently that, that you like considering that's kind of your philosophy and all of these things? Yeah. Well, I think it's a very, very obvious name, but we get to this range of picks in fantasy drafts this summer. It's a like 50, 60, where I personally, I think the good running backs are gone. The wide receivers all look the same. The way the ADP is lining up, it's just not a great spot to take a tight end. So I, I found myself like, all right, I'll just take Joe Burrow here. I mean, the sure. guy's only like on a Hall of Fame track already, ADP of 71. I think that's fine. I think right in that same spot, too, if you're a little stuck. I am in on Jalen Hurts. I don't know if it's an ascending Absolutely. situation. But I think it might be because they want to be a little bit more of a throwing team. And obviously, A.J. Brown is huge. Pretty good vibes there. And then on the lower end, you know, I'm not into most of these quarterbacks. Uh, Mahomes, he's been good this summer. Uh, Lamar and Kyler and Russell and Dak. Some of these guys have issues. I'm in on Derek Carr. I'm hoping for the best with with Darren Waller. But I've always loved Carr, and I think he'll be fully unlocked with Devontae and Josh McDaniels. All right, Guru, last one, and this is great stuff. Again, you can go – you're listening right now to a Fantasy Sports Writers Association Hall of Famer, and you can go to FantasyPoints.com to get all of this. And there are so many tools on here, so many great articles. You're right, you have such a great team. It's a fun site. Like you, could, Just as a football fan, you will get smarter, and it will certainly help you win your fantasy league. So go to FantasyPoints.com. All right, last round, total flyer. Who's somebody you like? Oh, wow. Well, you know, it's it's funny because some of these leagues where, you know, really good players are falling uh, really far, like Wandell Robinson it yeah. might be a guy that you can get in, in the last round. The vibes have been horrible with, with uh, Kenny Galladay, so I really like Wandell Robinson. Brevin Jordan, if you're still yep. looking for a tight end in Houston, Houston as a long yep. shot guy, I think that's a pretty viable one here. Uh, let's see here. I actually kind of like Austin Hooper, if you can believe that. I even <laughs> think Kenny Pickett has a chance last round if you're looking for a quarterback to be kind of like this year's Mac Jones in that I think he's going to play, and I think he's pretty good. Alec Pierce, uh, the yep, wideout in rookie in Indy, Nico Collins. Uh, as you can see, I am all about these young players, yep. you know, basically drafting off of last year's cheat sheet. One more, Zamir White. In Vegas, if Josh Jacobs has any problems, and he probably will, the current regime drafted Zamir White. My prediction is that Zamir White is starting uh, for the Raiders in November and December. Then Ty Davis-Price, too, if Elijah Mitchell has problems in that backfield in San Fran. Ooh, see, that's why they call him the guru. Some terrific advice right there. Thank you so much for the time. And catch him like every morning right there on SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Radio, where I – once, once, upon, once a time, upon a time, that's yeah. right. We shared the airwaves, me and the guru. Tremendous. They still miss us. They, they, but, they pine for it daily. <laughs> that's right. Thanks for your time, John. You got it, guys. Have a, have a great day. You All right, too. That's John Hanson, of course, Series XM Fantasy, analyst on DirecTV's Fantasy Zone channel, majority owner of Fantasy Points. That was very, very good. You follow him on Twitter at Fantasy underscore yeah. Guru. And you get some good information there. Go People ahead. ask me on Twitter all the time. They say, because I obviously used to be in this world fantasypoints.com will help you be better at fantasy it is very reasonably priced and it is i think the most comprehensive and best website out there so that's and that's not because he's my there's a ton of them out there and i have friends in many different fantasy companies this one is the best this is the one when i did my draft yeah this is who i used for my draft 
It's so, great work. That's a fact. All right. Uh, we have a 53. We will go over that with you. Then Jake Trotter at the bottom of the hour. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. And the Land on Demand is now free in the palm of your hands during the entire month of August. ESPN Cleveland and the Bath Authority giving fans free access to the Land on Demand for all the news you don't want to miss. See us live in the brand new studios or play all your favorite shows commercial free and on demand and get all access to Tony Grossi's Browns analysis and more. Visit thelandondemand.com or download the app today, The Land on Demand, modeled by remodel rather by the bath authority so we have our 53 we'll talk with jake about this in about 10 minutes yep um but you you have your your 53 initial set initial 53 that's always the the key to this thing yep um the, the crazy thing about this was there wasn't i mean i know that around here we're used to this like panicking about this this stuff but like and these are human beings that you know well yeah so you're invested but these are the last four or five people on the roster. For sure. Basically, 40, what do we figure? 45, 46 were locks heading into yeah. this weekend. Yeah. So there wasn't a whole lot that was being decided. And and likely, nothing that is decided here, if it has much bearing on the season, the season hasn't gone well. You Correct. had major injuries. Correct. If, if anything, here in this these last couple of spots. To me... When I think of the most noteworthy, I, I wanted to run three things by you. We touched Please. on this when this when we initially dropped. Um, I sense nice, good, good, good news on Michael Woods. That jumps out to me right yep. away. That's a good thing. I still think that that room, and, and while you like him, and he could end up being a, a tremendous steal, much the way that Donovan Peoples Jones was. Yeah. Betting on hitting that late in the draft consistently is a difficult thing at, at that yeah. premium of a position. Now he has been very impressive in the limited time that we have seen him. So the question becomes, you know, can he, you know, produce for us this year? To me, that room still feels somewhat incomplete, as does the tight end room. And I feel like the offensive line and defensive end rooms are overloaded. It does. It does feel that way. So 10 instead of 9 on the offensive line. Uh, the other thing I was going to bring up to you was just the two tight ends. Yeah, and that room needs that needs an addition, wide receiver and tight end. And uh, I want to make one quick correction. Now in 2022, you can be elevated from the practice squad three times before you would have to clear waivers to revert back to the practice squad. So imagine a world in which the Browns have four tight ends here in the program. You could go through the first six games of the year if you had two yeah. without having to have that third tight end. So it gives you flexibility early in the year if that's what they decide they want to do with it. So that's just something to keep an eye on that it is possible that it's not just the two tight ends. It's what's the tight end room plus the tight ends on the practice squad where you could have, if you had two of them on the practice squad, that's three weeks apiece, six games. We're into the you know middle of October before you even actually need that quote-unquote third tight end on your 53. I'm also curious your, your view of the special teams breakdown because if you're talking 10 defensive linemen and six defensive ends, those usually aren't special teams guys. So you have six linebackers, five corners, five safeties. So, so you can probably get enough there, but it's it's a little tight, isn't it, with the 60 ends? So here's the thing. 
So you're going to, on like your coverage teams and your return teams, my guess is Harrison Bryant's going to play some special teams. You're going to get, have to, he's going to have to. Felton plays special teams. Um, Mike Woods is probably going to have to play some special teams. Uh, and then you go, you know, I know Chase plays special teams, Winovich. Um, and then you're going to get, I would think, probably Tony Fields for sure, Taki, uh, Kunashik playing mm-hmm. special teams. A.J. Green, M.J. Emerson are going to have to play special teams. LeCount. D'Anthony Bell, LeCount will play special teams. So it's one, two, there. three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Yeah, that's plenty. That's right. And then Jerome Ford will play special teams. He'll probably do some returning for you. D'Ernest plays special teams. So you're still, you're still good. It's just that's what, you know, you have a, a great special teams coordinator like Mike Prefer, and he's going to have to make adjustments. Now, here's the other thing. Again, Herb Miller, who we talked about as being, you know, a premier gunner, let's say he comes back on our practice squad, he can be your gunner the first three weeks with an True. elevation. So that's a change that I think people aren't being cognizant of when they're looking at this. They're like, oh, my God, two tight ends. They've got to have a tight end. You just need to have a tight end, another tight end in your program, and then he, in essence, can get you through the first three weeks of the season – without having to clear waivers and to be and to stay in your in your program so that's something that again i would look at and and keep keep in mind as we go through these things so that's where you stand at this point this happening just in the last couple of minutes um mike tomlin saying that he is not we're ready to name a starter yet at quarterback in pittsburgh 10 days mike tomlin said that yeah so that's again this is this is going to this is a competitive thing right you is are, it they seem they know what they're is there doing. a difference between uh, preparing for trubisky and Pickett? he's probably a little more mobile right trubisky probably is a little yeah, more that's mobile. what i mean yeah. yeah so that would probably be be it um interesting though that they would like it, leave it up to the last week like that here's a surprise out of houston marlon mack being released by the texans which means damian pierce mm-hmm. is going to be the guy that's big. Felt like it was headed that way anyway. Yeah. Down in Houston, that he could be the guy. So that's something to pay attention to. I got a fantasy draft tonight for NBC. Yeah. The annual the annual fantasy draft. Oh NBC really? Tonight. Let's yeah, he's go. Ready to go. Yeah. Very good. Gonna be fun. What's what are the uh, what are the rules? I can't even remember. So nah, we're good. No need to break. Jake can wait. <laughs> Give me it. They're like. Dr. Evil and Mini-Me both just going, don't I'm, worry, Jake. Okay. We're, we'll get to Jake. Hold on real quickly. Cynthia Freeland is trying to, uh, I guess, kind of clarify what happened earlier. I bet. And Gibbe, this is your your girl. She said she told Baker to go F them up, and he repeated it back to her in agreement. Oh, now she's putting herself into it? She's saying that I'm the one who said go F them up about the Browns, and he said, yeah, I'm going to F them That's up. That's your girl. No, she was saying that. According to her, she was saying that for the season, not just for week one in the Browns. Oh, this is a dicey. I don't know about this. Slip, I don't know how slip, we feel about slip, this. Slide. She just should have no not, not, not said anything about Not it. said anything, and then it wouldn't have been a problem. That's right. Uh, Jake will join us coming up next. Cleveland Browns Daily 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Elk and Elk, serious lawyers, serious injuries. Call 1-800-ELK-OHIO for a free case review. Elk and Elk is a proud partner of your Cleveland Browns. All right, let's head out on the hotline for a visit with our great friend Jake Trotter. ESPN, well, we have it. We have an initial 53. How'd you do, pal? How close did you get? You know, it's pretty close. 
I conceded to Nathan last week on Kucinich versus Dakota Allen. I, I knew which way oh, it was man, going. Kanashik, yeah. I'm sorry. I, 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 it, my, my 53 was in like 10 days ago, and I, I wasn't going to change it at that point. But I, I conceded to Nathan. He knew that he was right. I was wrong. Although Dakota did get, you know, banged up a little bit in training camp. So yes, um, I was. I think the the spot I kind of surprisingly messed up a little was offensive line. Like I I didn't think that Drew Forbes was going to make it over Blake Hans. Um Nathan's guy uh, Froholt uh, from uh, Lord of the Rings sequel. Yes, uh, made the uh, made the roster as well, which I thought might happen, but wasn't uh, wasn't positive. Um, but I think otherwise I was I was pretty on point. The, the one the one area where I thought that they would keep more guys, and I, I can't imagine that the receiving core they have right now is the one they're going to go to Carolina with. I don't think they can go to Carolina with just those five guys at receiver. But um, you know, I did think they would keep one more of the players that they cut, which they'll probably try to get back on the practice squad. So I I did okay. Like I would probably give myself like a C plus. Listen, that's all right. Thank you. Everybody aspires to be Z. Fifty-one out of fifty-three is all the kid got right. I mean, I know. I had. Right I missed. There. I know. I, missed, I had a third tight end and not ten offensive linemen, and I had Herb Miller making it. And I think he'll be back on the practice squad at corner. And I didn't have all six defensive ends. That was a surprise. We six defensive five. ends yeah. is a lot of defensive ends. I thought five was a lot, but to go with six. So I think yeah. you're right. There's some flexibility. Are you here? What are and the people that you have spoken to? What is and, – and it's really six receivers. Felton is a receiver for all intents and purposes on this mm-hmm. team. So we've got six. But to your point, you don't feel necessarily great about that six. Are you hearing anything in terms of are there trades potentially? Are there people the Browns are interested? What have you heard as it relates to that spot in particular? Yeah, I really haven't heard much. You know, I think O.J. Howard, he's a tight end, would be a name to watch. That was That was surprising to me that the Bills – let him go, although you wonder why would the Bills let him go, um, you know, just given his pedigree as a draft pick. Uh, so that might be a name to keep uh, an eye on. You know, you, you're going to have somebody like uh, Jalen Rager. Was he cut today? I don't know if he was cut or not. Um, no, they the guy but, that Devin Allen was cut, though, that speedster. Okay. Yeah, so uh, our guy our guy right there, right? That's right, um, yeah. Yeah, I haven't heard any, like, specific names, but I would have to imagine that they are – kicking the tires on multiple receiver options because again i mean you look at the 53 and that just jumps out like i just it, it it's got to be better than what it looks like on paper right now just based on what we've seen and you know part of it too is your your of your five receivers two of them are rookies one of which basically wasn't able to practice in in training camp and one who missed like the first two or three weeks and is just now kind of I think finding his stride in David Bell. So, uh, and, you know, I think Anthony Schwartz's struggles are well-documented. Um, I, I think that's the area that if you're going to trade for somebody, that's the one to watch. And, like, I don't know that they can swing it, but there is – you would think that there's, like, a, a trade, a deal to be done where you send out a running back and you get a wide receiver. Like, I don't know if they could do that. Um, you know, positional scarcity is going to make it tougher to trade for a wide receiver than to trade away – uh, I'm sorry, trade trade four. Uh, it's going to be tougher to trade four a wide receiver than trade away one, but sure. Um, that that's kind of the area of the roster that sticks out to me. Yeah, that's the thing that's tough is you've, you've got a glut of talent, absurd talent at running back, Jake. You've got a glut of talent in the middle of the offensive line. Uh, those aren't 
it's typically positions of, of great need around the league, right? And the, what you need is mm-hmm. – I mean, when you look at this, I, I, I just, I've been on the receiver thing for over a month. I just – I think yep. it's. I think it's been an issue for a long time, and um, I think this thing was put together with the idea that Deshaun Watts was going to play the majority of the games. He's not, and so to your point, two rookies and Woods has missed so much time. I mean, heck, Bell and Schwartz have missed time as well. So it's it's just there's not enough there, but the options are are very very limited in terms of what you could do to to upgrade via trade. It's hard to imagine anything substantial coming in, isn't it? Yeah, it is hard. And, and you know, they might be able to upgrade on the margins, but I don't know at this point that you can just transform an entire position group like uh, your receiving core without giving up substantial assets, of which the Browns are lacking because of the Deshaun Watson trade. So, yeah, I mean, that that is something that is going to be tough and something they're going to have to overcome. And you factor in that you're essentially playing a backup quarterback for much of the season in Jacoby Brissett. Uh, it's it's tough to be a playoff team when you have a passing offense going into the season that, you know, let's face this, let's face it, it's not going to rank very high on paper right now. Um, I think right. the thing that has hurt them, and and we'll see if it actually ends up hurting them once the season begins, because I think it's too early to write anybody off, but they really need DPJ and Schwartz to take big steps forward. And I think that's what they were banking on with the composition of that position and you know, Schwartz is, is obviously struggling to catch the ball. And, you know, DPJ just kind of had a quiet preseason. Like, I don't know that he's struggled or anything, but yeah, he didn't play much. Yeah. He really hasn't popped either. So those are the two guys that, like, they really needed to take big steps forward. And that can still happen. But if it doesn't, it really leaves you in a hole at that position, which is, as we've seen with all the big trades in the NFL this offseason, a coveted and really crucial position. No doubt. Talking with Jake Trotter. Uh, Jake, you know, one thing we did not see at all in the preseason, Nick Chubb or Kareem Hunt, is your expectation like that of many that this team is going to just really lean in and embrace those two as as the focal point in, in many ways what it has been in the past, but as the true focal point of this offense, especially in the early going when the schedule is a little more favorable? Yeah, there's no doubt. Although the other thing that I think is interesting about the roster, and, and I think you guys touched on it, last segment no you know only two tight ends one no fullbacks and Kevin Stefanski has used both as much or more than any other play caller in the NFL the last two seasons we knew that the offense was transitioning to a more receiver heavy wide open offense you know the question I have do you have the personnel for that and then number two okay you know they can they can and they're going to sign tight ends to practice what including maybe one or two that they just cut but um, you know, it, are you going to be in multi-tight end sets at all? Are you, are you going to just be in three and four wide receiver sets and try to run the ball that way? I think it'll be interesting to see what happens. I would love to see them use Kareem Hunt maybe more creatively than they have in the past. Um, we've, we've seen Demetri Felton line up all over the place. Really haven't seen as much of that with Hunt. But if you're looking for your best 11 guys to be on the field at once, that involves both Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. And you got a guy like Nick Chubb, you got those guards, um, you know, that can cover up for a lot. But they're, you know, they're going to have to show that they can throw the ball down the field or they're going to face a lot of heavy boxes, which makes it much more difficult to run the ball. Yeah, it, it certainly does. And then just from a, you know, just a logistical standpoint, 
again, this is an initial 53. So you have tomorrow where there will be some work done. You've got some waiver wire claims that are going to have to be sorted out. And so there, there could be some jockeying on this roster in the next 24 hours. Jake, do you have sense that the Browns will be busy? Yeah, I don't think there's any question that you got to call this an initial 53. It's not going to yep. be the final 53. I mean, I think that there are three or four guys uh, that they could still add to make their final 53, uh, particularly the positions we're talking about just now. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think in all my seasons covering the Browns that they've had just the, the initial 53 has been the final one. There'll, there'll be a lot of movement. There'll be some guys come available that they'll be interested in. I guarantee there's some guys out there that they're going to be targeting. So, uh, yeah, it's not it's not going to be the final 53 by any means. And, you know, I, I think that particularly wide receiver tight end and then, you know, kind of what they do maybe a corner I think would be interesting. You know, you might need another corner uh, given that they, you know, they, they, they waived uh, Herb Miller, um, another guy who I think could be back on the practice squad as well, yeah. as I think you guys mentioned. But, uh, yeah, there's going to be a lot of movement and, and not just the Browns. I mean, across the NFL, you know, this is not – by any means in stone all right week one is carolina and we know that i think something's probably been a little bit blown out of proportion nonetheless what do you make of this and and does this game could it get any bigger from that personal standpoint or what do you kind of just make of everything as we get ready here you know just over uh under two weeks away from that game well i mean the, the game is going to be super compelling and not just for browns fans or panthers fans but i think everybody uh, who's a football fan is going to be paying yeah. attention to that game um, because it, it it's so compelling with Baker against his former team um, and just everything that happened at quarterback uh, for the Browns this off season. Uh, if you're referring to like the, the what was it? The sideline comment at the end of the, sure. yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I don't, I don't know what to make of that. I mean, it, the story kind of keeps changing. I, I don't, I can't imagine Baker, said that if he did say it he said it thinking that was going to get out you know it seems like he was just of kind course. of playing around but i i guarantee like you know having covered college football where they would just make up quotes from the opposing team you know <laughs> to get their guys fired up you know they're different programs that would just you know fabricate quotes out of thin air and put them on lockers um i think the browns will be aware of that not that they need any more motivation i, I think everybody knows what's at stake and you know if you can't bring your best for this game and you need kind of like a phony quote to get you going. I mean, I don't know what to say. I, I don't think it'll have a huge bearing. But listen, the week, there's a lot of time before that game. So who knows what's yeah. going to be said between now and then. Well, and I think also, Jake, and Nathan and I have talked about this a lot on the show. I just think like from a person out, forget about the film or what's on tape or the All-22 or all of that over the last couple of years. You see that uh, there is very much a fundamental difference in how Baker – wants to be and we saw that at his best nurtured at Oklahoma and at times here at his best two years ago where he he's all of that but also that doesn't mesh necessarily with Stefanski and Barry and everybody that's here running the Browns now that's but mm -hmm. but that's who he is right and that's to me like whether he said this off the cuff or off the record and and I'm sure it was all of those things I think it's pretty innocent I'm with you on it I don't think anybody needs any more motivation yeah it also is who he is I mean he he is Arya Stark in that way, and that he keeps a list with names. So he, you're going to get whatever his best is with Chip on his shoulder. You'll get it on Sunday, a week from Sunday. Yeah, and whatever he said or didn't say, he's definitely thinking that. Like I can just yeah. tell you that this, this is—he's <laughs> been in this situation before, whether it was Texas Tech or 
you know, Ohio State after they, you know, annihilated OU and Norman, you know, coming back and, and planting the flag in Ohio Stadium, uh, you know, whether it was staring down Hugh in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. I mean, th- that's who, that's definitely who uh, Baker is. There, there, there is no doubt about it. So I think the other thing, too, just like having cash, and I haven't really watched Carolina's preseason games, but it seems like we're going to get, if you're expecting to see the Baker we saw Monday Night Football against Pittsburgh, um, I think you're going to be disappointed. I think this is going to be closer to the 2020 version of Baker based on what I've seen from the preseason. So uh, I think the Browns are going to get his best shot. And, uh, you know, I think the Browns are going to come to play as well. It should be a lot of fun. Yeah, it will be. I, I think you'll. I, it feels like they're all in, you know, with him for this year. Like, well, they have they, no choice. No, no, they have no other quarterbacks, but also like, the Chenault thing, Matt Rule, it feels like Rule's yep. time is dwindling. Like, this is like a one-year, let's see what let's we can see do we with do. this group. And totally. if not, we reset next year with Matt Corral, and 100%, away we go. 100%. That's exactly what Yeah, and I, I think that they I think that they are an int- intriguing team, especially in the NFC. You know, the AFC, I think, are a little open. bit less compelling because, I mean, there's like, you know, 13 playoff teams in the AFC. In the yeah. NFC, like, go look down the standings, find me the sixth playoff team, find me the seventh playoff team, like – they're in that conversation, and if they win week one, you know, all of a sudden I think people are going to be looking at them differently. Um, you know, Christian McCaffrey obviously has injury, you know, concerns, but he's going to be healthy week one. And they've got some firepower offensively with the, that receiving core. Our old friend Richard Higgins, you know, is, you know the number four, sure. number five guy on that uh, receiving core. Um, you know, they just made the trade for the guy from Colorado. So I, I think that they uh, are going to be an interesting test for the defense because they, 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 they've got enough firepower to, to, to test you. No doubt, and that'll be a fun one September the 11th. All right, real quick, Jake. Mm-hmm. Is Cade York the most fun kicker to cover in the league right now? Or is it just because he's here? You know, I, in my fantasy leagues, I keep, I, I, I keep assuming, like, no one's going to draft him and then he's, like, the third kicker off the board. I'm even in a league without Browns. Like no Browns fans are in this league. This is like an Oklahoma City league, and I was yeah. like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna get Cade York, and I'm gonna have like the third best kicker in, the, in fantasy. And he's like gone before, with like four rounds still to go. So I haven't been able to get him on my team. But you know, I have to write a lot of these like fantasy updates, and and I don't consider myself a fantasy expert. But if you haven't had your draft yet, go get Cade York because I think he's gonna have a monster year. Yeah, it certainly feels like it, all things considered. Great talking to you, buddy. Thanks for your time. Okay, guys. Take care. All right, that's the great Jake Trotter of ESPN. Yes. Just seeing this, the Raiders waving former first-round Alex pick Leatherwood. Alex Leatherwood. Oh, yeah. Feels like Mike Mayock missed on everything in the first round, but then he also had, like, Max Crosby and uh, the kid out of Clemson. Yeah, had some good later, Hunter Renfro. The Hunter Renfro. Like, yeah. he had some good late-round stuff, but he just overthought the first round, it seems like. He overcooked yeah. a lot of those first-round picks. It sure does feel that way. Yeah. Didn't they have Cleveland Farrell? Wasn't he in that yeah, mix? Kept, and the about kid the from corner, Mississippi State. The, the, about the, the safety from Arnett. Mississippi State. Damon Arnett. Yeah. They had Gary and Connolly. They drafted Gary him, Connelly. too. And then, I mean, the Rugs last. I mean, they've Correct. had a lot of yeah. a lot of big Not trouble. Not great. Not great at all. So much more to come. You listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. 
There's a new way to cheer on your Keelan Browns with the help of your favorite four-legged companion, Barking Backers, presented by Milk Bones, the Browns' newest club for pet parents worldwide. Sign up today at BarkingBackers.com. Barking Backers, the fan club for dogs. This Alex Leatherwood's story is even more. In my head, I thought he was in his third year. Same. In his second. So yeah. first-round pick, what, 17th overall last year. Last year. 2021. They're eating $5 million just to get him out of their program. Ian Rapport said they tried to trade him, but they got 32 no's. Eh. Mm. Maybe Garofalo, not exactly. Garofalo funny. Hashtag math. Right. <laughs> Unless they're 33 good job. teams. I like NFL Network on NFL Network yeah. crime. Yeah, that's, that's always good. good. That's good. That, this is a guy who's a huge recruit out of Alabama, was really good at Alabama. There must be something from a personality standpoint that just doesn't – that's gotten out, that's around the league, because it's a ball of clay that you would think would still be able to mold Well, nobody thought bit. he was a first-round pick to begin with. No, no, Let's they overdrafted him for sure. Sure. Yeah. But – Maybe he's just wrecked mentally, you know? Could be. Yeah. And that's rare, though. It, it you don't feels see like, that first-round pick from the previous year cut the next year? It feels like you you say, Bill Callahan, what can you do? Here, here are their first-round picks, 2019 to 2021, real quickly. Cleveland Farrell, Josh Jacobs, Jonathan Abram, all f- fifth-year options declined. 2020, Ruggs, Damon Arnett, both waived following off-field incidents. 2021, Alex Leatherwood waived after one season. Yeah, it's brutal. Yikes. But then he's got some hits in the middle right, round. And they win. You, and they, they still won. win. They still win because you got a quarterback, right? That's right. And that, that's where it starts. Uh, the next level's coming up next. We're back tomorrow. Cleveland Browns Daily, 850 ESPN Cleveland. You've been listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, a production of the Cleveland Browns and ESPN, 850 WKNR.